Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Happy Thursday. It is February 10th, 7.32 a.m. means it's time for an episode of the Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are you feeling this morning? Good to see you. Broncos oh. for breakfast. I'm oh feeling good. I haven't had a sip yet. This is going to be the uh, first Yeah, one. I haven't either. This is this is my first one. So, you know, I try and get some stuff done uh, so that the coffee is hot and we can oh, we can have coffee together. Coffee talk with it. You, you, you've seen enough Saturday Night Live clips on YouTube to probably remember coffee talk. Coffee talk. Yes, I have. I do remember that one. Um, could you do me a favor real quick and tap your mic where the sound is coming from? It sounds... It's not coming through that right now. It's not coming through this right now. All right. Nope. Um, it, you just sound a little bit uh, boomy. Makes me think it's your computer, not your mic. Yeah, I, I didn't. It didn't sound great yesterday either. I noticed. So Webcam. there we go. Let's try. Uh, see if that sounds any better. Ah, my God! Sound like an angel there. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. All right. I, was I like, noticed I when I heard my audio last night. I was like, maybe my gain's up a little too high. Nope. That's um, the, uh... So I turned it down some. So thank you for, for noticing that. Yeah, no problem. I, I noticed last night it didn't sound quite right when I was well, doing you... the edit after the fact. You sound so great for now. For those of y'all that listen on our pod, and evidently our po- the podcast, the After the Listen podcast is going really, really well. So thank you for those of you that we don't get to thank in person that listen after the fact. You know, hit us up on Twitter. Find, mm-hmm. find us and, and say hi. We'd love to, uh, love to know more of y'all at Broncos Country. Yeah, please do. Um, Podcast was the first medium I dabbled in. So uh, thank you guys very much. And if you are listening on uh, iTunes after the fact, make sure you're leaving the rating five star review helps us a lot. Raymond Glass coming in with the is that the euro sign? That is the euro. Okay, it looks a little different to me for some reason. Um, But the uh, five euros coming in with the super sticker. Thank you so much, Raymond Glass, kicking us off right with the the five euros. Hope you're doing well. And man, that's great about this show i mean obviously one of the reasons we're probably getting a lot of podcast listeners after the fact is that we're in the morning a lot of people are kind of getting their day going maybe you know not able to pull up the stream etc etc but we are international baby Mm -hmm. cambodia across the pond um that's what's great about this show is we really do tap into that international market and we love you guys for that that's a lot it's a lot of fun to see you guys raymond if you have any questions for us make sure you hit us up um luke wright coming in too um, good morning, Nick and Scott. Not Broncos related, but there's a fun UFC card this weekend. Scott, you ever been into UFC? I, I bought the video game and uh, I would play my friends in it in like high school. And it would always end up with us just like physically fighting each other because <laughs> we'd get so frustrated at losing the game. I, I, I appreciate it, but I never really got into it because it kind of started as pay-per-view, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. we do, I, you know, when I was, uh, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s and stuff, we'd have boxing parties, mm-hmm. um, you know, where we we do that type of thing. But, you know, we all watch boxing growing up. And the fact that UFC kind of started behind a paywall kind of shielded me from it a little bit. So I haven't watched a ton of it. I've got enormous respect for what they do. And I've said a zillion times, I think it's 
a lot safer than boxing. Yeah. Um, you know, boxing is, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock you out and give you a concussion. If you can get up on an eight count, we're gonna do it again. Um, you know, it's like, you know, you might you're gonna get bloodied, you're gonna get mm-hmm. hurt, but they're not killing people, you know, no. in MMA the way they do in, in boxing. So I think I think it's amazing personally. Yeah, it is a pretty cool sport, and I'm glad that there is some level of fighting. And again, talking about it, love how international it is. You know, it's really it brings a lot, it gives people chances across the globe and gives them a chance to, you know, put their name out there, make a living, and I uh, really appreciate that. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Really appreciate Mark Schrader coming in. Mark has been joining us in the morning. There's no podcast for Mark. He says, I'm here for the live stream. And he says, good morning, guys. Good morning to you, Mark. Looking spiffy in that suit. Uh, always looking super official. Sometimes when I see Mark give those super chats, I feel like I need to go like put on a tux or something just to just a classy yeah, up the room. I, I feel I feel a little, uh, I, I feel way underdressed wearing a hat. Uh, 78, I, f- I forgot his full name, like 78 lead or something asked me yesterday what, what hat this was. This is a, a Diamondbacks hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call it my stealth Diamondbacks hat because you can't really see it. My son plays for uh, former Major League Todd Green and his academy, TG mm. Diamondbacks. So I'm a Diamondbacks guy for sure. Um, and Antonio says, uh, and what I meant about the concussion is if you get knocked – to kind of follow up on this with UFC, if you get dazed, the fight's over. That, that's what I mean. You don't you don't get back up and, you know, typically, you know, if you get stunned, it's it's over. They're not going to say, okay, let's, you know, can you, can you keep going? Once somebody basically goes limp or anything like that, the fight's done. Um, As opposed to boxing, you know, if you can shake it off and, and get going again, they're going to keep beating on your head. It's just, you know, for a long time, I don't think there were any deaths in UFC or MMA where, you know, they're killing guys all the time in boxing because of that. Yep. Um, Thank you for joining us, Antonio Jones. Great to see you, buddy. Uh, Oh, we got. I'm just going to run through some real quick. We'll get to actually okay. let's get Jacob Foster first. No, Jacob, Jacob with the kid on his shoulders, way more important mm-hmm. with the, uh, sorry, bought his coffee. EJ, we love you, EJ. Um, we'll get to Jacob's EJ. buying his coffee this morning. With that note, I am actually, I think I put in a little bit too much creamer. Scott, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm soft. I like my dairy in my coffee. I can't, <laughs> I can drink it black in like the back country. That's about it. Cause you can't bring creamer in the back country. Um, but, uh, I, this is already my second cup. I chugged that first one. I needed yeah. it so bad. Black coffee. I put just a hint, mm. just a tiny hint of sweetener in it. Now that's it. Otherwise, it's pretty much straight black. Um, yeah. But you know, I got twenty years on you, so <laughs> yeah. I didn't drink coffee until grad school, like an idiot. I went through undergrad, and I'm like, you know what? Five hour energies and monsters will do the trick. And my God, that uh, I regretted that one almost every time. But uh, made it through. So I guess I not too much regret. 
I didn't start drinking coffee until about 2006. I was probably 34, 35 years old before I started drinking coffee. Okay. Well, there you go. That's why we're still here. That's why we're doing the football stuff. You didn't drink it too young. Um, Okay. We got EJ in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Uh, Of course, we got DWI guys. Ethan, good morning, gents in Broncos country. USA, Buenos Dias, all. Dave, because we're international, I'm going to challenge you. We need some new languages in here. Um, just uh, just keep it coming every day. Let's uh, what a guten tag, German. Uh, I I took French. I don't even remember. Um, Jeremy Sean's in the house. Good morning, all. Awesome to see you, Jeremy. Dave Glassman with the hearts. Thank you, Dave. Sunny days. Thumbs up there, Sunny. How you doing, Tim Greenwood? It's been a second. Hope you're doing well. Another good morning with Broncos for breakfast. Jeremy Bales. I don't recognize this name, but good morning to you. Uh, good welcome. morning. For- Good morning from Long, Long Beach. Beach. Love Long Beach. Is that California or Florida? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the, the it's down once you get south of uh, Hermosa and all those type of stuff. You go just a little bit farther, and before you get into the Orange County areas, where you know the rich is Long Beach. So Long Beach is uh, uh, some great football there. Long Beach Poly um, is uh, is a huge football school, nationally known. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Long Beach. I was a I was a member of the Long Beach Aquarium the whole time mm. I was out in uh, out in California for nine years. Mm. Aquariums. A lot of fun. I need to go to the Seattle one sometime. Uh, Worm for Mayor saying, just finished last night's show, rolling straight into Broncos for breakfast. Good morning, guys. Mr. Sir McLovin, it's been a bit on Twitch. Hope you're doing well. Good morning, fellas. This is the best morning show. We're the only morning show on this one, so uh, we, we'll take <laughs> it. But uh, we appreciate it so much. Um, it's like, you're my favorite son. It's like, I'm your only son. Hey, well, there's plenty of there's plenty of options. Yes, just maybe totally. not Broncos options. So thanks no. for spending the time with us. I just really like to uh, talk down about myself. You know, like, oh, you're throwing us compliments. Let me just tear that one down real quick because I'm uncomfortable. Uh, good morning, Broncos country. Great to see you, Trevor. Uh, we got um, Ashton saying, what's each of your guys' favorite breakfast? Oh man, I I really just love a good classic breakfast. Uh, honest to God, um, eggs, uh, bacon or sausage, a good crispy hash brown with it as well, and wheat toast. Uh, if we're getting something fancy, I do love a French French toast or something every once in a while. But just a good classic, hearty breakfast plate. Um, and I'll go anyway too. Uh, bre- uh what is it? Biscuits and gravy, super freaking good. Uh, anything with like a green chili sauce. Uh, I, I love breakfast. Lots. That's my favorite. Lots. <laughs> I like lots of food. Um. And uh, a, a good omelet with some French toast, something mm-hmm. like that. I'm, mm-hmm. I make pancakes. I, I, I make a lot of pancakes uh, yeah. and waffles and like to experiment. So if you're at my house, I'll make you some, uh, I'll cut up some fruit and, and make you some pancakes and waffles. So my wife really loves the uh, the Denver omelet. So it was meant to be. So I want to give a shout out to Denver on that one. Uh, Shane Daniels, morning, non-Broncos related. Who are you guys pulling for this weekend? I am personally pulling for the Bengals just because I am not a Los Angeles person per se, even though Von Miller is over there, it'd be great for Von Miller to win another one. I'd be really happy for a lot of individuals on that Rams team. Um, I do not like Stan Kroenke at all. Uh, the owner of the Rams, I'm not pulling for him and Cincinnati. I don't think has ever won a super bowl. So, uh, the, the thing I'm cheering for is a good game. If we can get a good game, that's exciting throughout the four quarters. I really don't care, uh, who wins. And also no injuries. I guess it's the other big one. But um, I guess I'm leaning Bengals a little bit. That said, it does kind of concern me because, Scott, I don't know if you've looked at the landscape of the AFC and the NFC recently. AFC is freaking insanely tough, and it's these young quarterbacks. And if Burrow wins one now, uh, with Patrick Mahomes already winning one, and Allen and Herbert upcoming, I mean, God bless the AFC. is stacked. It'll be a little bit like when I was growing up. I think the NFC won 12 or 14 straight. You know, when I was in the 
80s and 90s. Shane, thanks for the stars too, my friend. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I, I would normally say Bengals straight out, but I'm so tired. I'm such a Matthew Stafford fan having watched him and he was a mm-hmm. you know, five-star quarterback and all this type of stuff. And the fact that he's never been to a Pro Bowl, I want Matthew Stafford to win. I really do. Um, Burrow, I think, is going to get plenty of chances. And Sean McVay went to Marist High School. I covered him in, in high school. He's, you know, 20 minutes from my house. Uh, you know, having the local kid. I mean, he's an, he, he even looks like an LA guy. Mm-hmm. But um, I really like Sean McVay. I, I think it'd be, I, I can root for him. But otherwise, I'd probably, I would always, always root for anything Cincinnati over LA. I mean, you know, yeah. middle America, blue collar town versus, you know, the glitz and glam of LA. So I, I won't, I'm, I'm rooting. I know it sounds silly, but I'm really rooting for, again, a good game in both of these teams. I'll be happy for whoever wins this game. I just want it to be, I don't want any officiating controversies, nothing like that. I want it to be a good, yeah. clean game, uh, good competitive football. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I will find my heart rooting for Matthew Stafford. Mm. I mean, just a good game. Also, the side beneficiary of uh, the Rams losing is maybe we'll get another Andrew Whitworth like super nihilistic quote. You know that I really enjoyed that the last time they lost. I'm like, oh, how you feeling coming off the Super Bowl loss? It's like it doesn't matter. We're all gonna die. It's just a football game. Death is inevitable. It's like, oh my God, Andrew, like I know you're the oldest, you know, non-specialist player in the NFL, but like you're not that close to death, buddy. Like you're still you're still pretty damn good. In the grand um, scheme of things, it's just a game. Yeah, I know, what but it was just doing here. It was so funny. I was dying. Um, Mr. Sir McLovin, say Nick, are you an N64 fan? I grew up on the original PlayStation, but my college roommates had an N64 and we would play and drink and have a lot of fun playing obviously uh mario kart and my favorite was super smash we would be we would play hours of super smash brothers especially over like the breaks and stuff when it was winter and cold couldn't do anything really outside uh super smash i was a donkey kong guy i'm in that you like, oh he's slow he's an absolute tank for damage and his grab is a cheat code so uh i'm donkey kong did you play scott you were much more of the the hockey games i was i was saying i i mean i'm one of the original ataris you know so i was an atari yeah. kid come home from school, play some Atari before, you know, the middle school kids to get home. And then I'd go outside and play and then went to a Commodore 64. Why were there 64 and everything? They're all 64 bits, like Atari 64. Then do a, then I had a Commodore, my first computer. So I played a lot of computer games until I went to the, the Sega Genesis in college. And if they had online gaming, I would have been pro. I would have been a pro hockey player, EA sports, 95 hockey. I could have made a living doing that. I'm not joking about that. That's, you know, the fraternity brothers, little brothers would walk in like, oh, I'm going to kill you. I'm like, it's 9 a.m. I've already got a 12 pack of beer open and I'm halfway through on a Saturday playing hockey. What do you think I do? <laughs> this is <laughs> my life. You're you're good at this. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I used to work much else. I don't go to school. <laughs> in the summertime, I worked for a program called Upward Bound, where I was a tutor and a counselor for a bunch of they'd be first generation or low socioeconomic kids um, in high school trying to go to college. And then kind of like it was a summer school, essentially, to give them college credits and classes and whatnot. And a lot of international students. And I would host a uh, FIFA tournaments and do like a World Cup bracket and whatnot, because they'd stay in the dorms and whatnot. So we had a lot of free time and whatnot. And every summer, man, that would talk about some high emotional feelings playing FIFA with a bunch of high school aged young men against each other. I mean, gosh, this very, very walk into a Best Buy, you know, you'd be in your twenties, I'm 25, 30 years old or something and pull up next to, you know, a 12 year old kid playing something and you pick up, Hey, can I play? He's like, yeah, sure. And you whip his ass. It's like, you're good at this. I'm like, 
I'm the, I'm, I might be an old guy, but I'm the first generation of gamer. You know, my, my, this age, I was born in 73. So 1980, seven years old enough was when the, the consoles started hitting. I'm, I'm a first generation gamer. So, yeah. uh, I've played a few video games. <laughs> That's why we're on the internet, guys. That's just the it was the national transition for us. Um, we got Tommy Simmers, a little bit more of a serious comment here from Tommy. Uh, prayers to the town of Bridgewater as we laid the officers who gave their lives to rest yesterday. Funeral was held out at the James Madison University, I'm going to assume, Convention yeah, James, Center. James Madison. Um, so, yep, Tommy, bringing us back down to earth here. Uh, did definitely want to give you a shout out on that one. And those officers are shattered as well. Uh, Leroy Williams coming in. Good morning, guys. Mile high salute. I have a question. The DP, the defensive coordinator position might go to Ivaro. Uh, it sounds like, again, I'm afraid to say this because every single time I've said this, it feels like it's gone the other way. Dan Quinn, you know, he's definitely the odds on favorite. Ivaro sounds like it's the odds on favorite. Um, it'd be a shock if it didn't have, if it wasn't that's, him. And, and Nick, that's why it's gone quiet. Yeah, it's that's, done. Yep. It's gone quiet. You know, I, I told you at the beginning of this search, if it goes quiet, it means you've got your guy and he's still in the playoffs. Yep. Said that about the, the head coaching position. I'll say the same thing about... The defensive coordinator—it's gone quiet because you're waiting on the rant. You're waiting for the Super Bowl to be over before you can name your guy. Yep, um, totally. Uh, he continues on. Do you guys? Do you think we need to go with a more experienced play caller or go with the young ideas? <sighs> I think that this is going to be such a cop-out answer, but it doesn't really matter uh, to me in one way or the other. The coaches will succeed or fail based on their own validity, not really as much as their experience. Broncos are definitely gathering one of the most inexperienced staffs in football. But uh, I believe that was the case with Sean McVay and the Rams uh, early on. You know, like he was one of the not super fought after coaches in that coaching uh, cycle. And he ends up being arguably the best. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, you know, I'll let you fight amongst yourselves on that one. Um, But uh, I don't think it matters as much. Um, And it's also, you know, am I concerned about the inexperience for the Broncos coaching staff? Yes, but also, you know, we just don't know. It's not like a college player or you're bringing in a veteran where like there's years of tape where they're doing one assignment that's really easy to analyze to see if they're doing well or not. Um, we don't know these guys' responsibilities. Their jobs are changing a bit. Maybe Evero will come in and be incredible. You know, Brandon Staley uh, went from defensive back coach and like assistant defensive coordinator to uh, defensive coordinator to head coach in like three seasons uh, because he was young and brilliant. So who knows with Evero? I do like a lot of the guys he's worked under. Um, it does sound like the Broncos are going to stick with the scheme they did with, uh, Vic Fangio overall. I mean, obviously it'll probably be its own iteration of it. Every team kind of does their own thing with their head coach or with their coordinators, but, uh, I'm excited to bring him in here and I'm excited about the young ideas. Cause he's worked under some really, really good defensive minds. So it'll be, it'll be fun, but wait and see on how good it is. And I feel like, you know, a defensive coach would scoff at my ignorance, but, I don't think it's as, as important as, um, say, as the offensive play calling. You know, offensive play calling to me is much more about rhythm and play to play, whereas the the defense is about the scheme and the people you've got in place. Mm-hmm. You know, do I bring pressure or not? Do I disguise this or not? Do I try and bring them from this side or this side? Uh, I don't. I just. I don't think it's as complicated as as offense as far as getting it right. And again, part of that has to do with if I've got one guy that does his job well on defense, I could have called the wrong play. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. You know, you call the wrong play for the most part on on offense or one guy, you know, your left tackle falls down or your center screws it up. The play's over. But, you mm-hmm. know, if I've got the right guys on defense and I give them the freedom to make plays, I should be a pretty good play caller. I can 
have the wrong, you know, oh crap, we're in cover zero and Tyreek Hill got behind everybody. Well, that's okay. You know, Bradley Chubb just sacked the quarterback. You know, we're, we're all right. So yeah. uh, I'm not too worried about it. But it's uh, Leroy. I, I think it's I think it's done. Um, yeah. That it's gone so quiet. I think the DC position does go to Evero. Yeah, the one thing I will push back a little bit on what you said, Scott, about the defensive coordinator. Um, the I agree with you that the play to play is probably not as important, but the game plan and preparation week to week right. is vastly important right. um, to be what, able to pick out what, what other to look for. And like I said, I, I I would expect a defensive coach to scoff at my ignorance. I'm like, you have no yeah. idea. I'm like, well, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I'll I'll admit that. It's just to me, it's like you know. Do you, are you do you bring pressure or not? You know, I, like I said, there's a zillion different ways you can do things, and it, it definitely is more complicated than that. But I'm more worried. I'd be more worried about a first time play caller on offense than defense right now for me. Yeah, yeah, and um, luckily the Broncos are retaining their secondary coach and Christian Page, who is thought of to be one of the better bright young minds at that position in football. Um, so again, makes me think that you're sticking with this match quarters heavy defense. Um, one of my favorite things about the Vic Fangio defense too, and now it's you know taking place across the league. It's not just the too high look, it's the too high pre-snap look. And why does that matter? Not to get too nitty gritty with you guys, but there is a lot of, in the era of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, the pre-snap adjustments were massive. You know, if you're showing me your hand early before the snap, mm-hmm. I'm going to take advantage of it. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to show you the same thing in the back end every time. And then we're going to spin safeties uh, into coverage after the snap. And not only does that take away the pre-snap read, it also gives the quarterback more to think about in the play action game because their back is to the line. And now all of a sudden you have one of those safeties dipping deep, one coming to the flat, uh, a line, maybe a edge rusher dropping to the flat. Um, So when you have that, if you're doing things with coverage post-snap, it really makes it just that much harder for the quarterback. And and how can I combat that by going hurry up? Yep. I can go fast. I go fast. And then you have to worry about what I'm doing. Yep. Um, If if I'm going fast. So there's, there's definitely ways to uh, to do all of those to, to take. There's more than one way to skin a cat, as y'all have heard yes. me say before. I don't want my defenders thinking too much. I really don't. I yeah. want it. I want it simple. I want you. I want you to play free because uh, you know anticipation and playing with freedom is worth speed. Yeah. It's it's. I, I want. I don't want you thinking too much. I want a little bit of thinking from a back seven. Gonna be honest, uh, just with how much zone coverage matters here and uh, how much you're gonna need to. Uh, make confusion uh, for Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, but my front four, especially get it. You know, let's yeah. get it. I'm, but again, I'm more of the pocket country guy um, with my guys. I want the power rushers with the length, keep Patrick Mahomes contained um, because he's going to get greedy and get anxious. If he's sitting there, why isn't the pressure come yet? While the Indiana Jones walls are caving in on me, you know, that's, <laughs> that's my idea. Uh, ideal for stopping Mahomes and Herbert. Speaking of Herb, <laughs> Herb Davis coming in uh, on Facebook. Good to see you, Herb. Good morning, Broncos for breakfast. Good morning to you, Herb. It's great to see you. Uh, falling sauce in the house saying howdy, Broncos country. Hope you all are having a good day. Got weird weather in Cincy right now. Almost 60 degrees in the sun, but an inch and a half of ice and snow everywhere. That will turn into a sloppy, fun mess pretty soon. And honestly, you just gave me another reason to cheer for the Bengals because I want to see people in the street in their swimsuits slopping around in the uh, the ice and snow <laughs> if it's 60 you won't be around on sunday no that's that's very true don't recognize this name david yonkin morning from lakeland florida broncos fan for 30 plus you got a few years on me there <laughs> i've got uh, i've got a lot of family in lakeland actually hmm. the uh the miller family seth is my seth and adam are my brother-in-law uh mark miller runs a uh is, is involved in a law practice down there so good good folks in lakeland and actually 
mentioned Long Beach Poly early, so I did a best of and the Lakeland Dreadnoughts with Chris Rainey and the Pouncy Boys. That's the best. That's the best high school football team I ever saw. Wow. Okay. Let's uh, keep it going here. Marlon Walker showering us with some kindness here. Good morning to my favorite MHH duo. This is a big compliment to Scott. This is a, a compliment and a slight to me because I'm in two other shows. So uh, I guess thank you, Scott, for letting me tag along. No, thank you so much for the comment, Marlon. We appreciate you. Mark Schrader coming in, looking fancy there with the suit. Uh, what's your guys? Big stars. Mark coming in, jacking up the big stars. So this was a big stars in the background. Thank you, Mark. I'm going to drink some coffee while I get to this one. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll read this one. So what are your best guesses to who uh, will be starting quarterback on week one? Now, for me, I feel like it's about a 30% chance that it's Drew Locke, which for me puts him as the favorite. Yeah. Um, so I would say the favorite is not Drew Locke, but the favorite of any individual for me would probably be Drew Locke because mm-hmm. you'd be talking about maybe, all right, 15% Aaron Rodgers, 10% Russell Wilson, 5% Marcus Mariota, you know, something along those lines. So yeah. um, my best guess, if I had to bet on anybody right now, I'd say Drew Locke. And that's pretty easy because he's the only one under contract. If you're yeah, tomorrow, he's your only choice. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of time between now and then. So, you know, say, you know, 5% Kenny Pickett, 3% Malik Willis, you know, all those guys. So I, I'd say it's about 30% that it's Drew Locke, which puts him as the favorite. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you're right there to probably be Drew Locke's the favorite. The other thing that makes me lean into Drew Locke being the favorite uh, for week one specifically is that I think he's also probably the starter if you're drafting a quarterback in the first round. So um, it's a double dipping there, but um, I'm going to lean into the sunshine here and I'm going to just manifest Aaron Rodgers uh, week one starter for the Broncos. Uh, Cause why not? Right. Let's just, why not? Let's, let's, let's have some fun. Victor Rios. Good morning, guys. Good to see you. Uh, man, I am falling behind on the super chats here let's make sure we're getting everybody here um jeremy how do you send stars through facebook uh maybe scott can help you with that one i know you got a link jeremy, it has to be through the uh the mile high huddle main account so let me uh i'm gonna drop that one on the link real quick jeremy and this one for if you're watching because they're on several of them it's gonna go to everybody so i apologize it's gonna jump to everybody but that's the the main mile high huddle page and there's like three of them you can watch, but there's only one of them that is monetized like that with stars. So you also don't get the Facebook user like you see mm. sometimes. But um, it makes it pretty easy once you see on there. And, and Jeremy, they might have already because this came in about 15 minutes ago. And mm. uh, if you're on there, there's some other people that can help you out. And we'd love it if they do because that helps us out. So thanks yeah. thanks for asking, Jeremy. Keeps the lights on for sure. Make sure that, uh, you know, we're still doing the three morning shows here because it's an early morning for me, guys. You know, you guys make it worth it for me to get up. But uh, um, Albert Knopper is coming in saying good morning, y'all. Great to see you. Roy Osborne. Good morning from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's close to uh, my stomping woods. They're pretty close there to Iowa. A Folgers breakfast blend for me this morning. Oh, Roy, let's uh, get in the classic there. You need to get the little jingle going on. Um, Trevor Sandal coming in saying Nick and Scott thoughts on Gordon's interview about Rogers coming to Denver. Um, of course, Gordon would love it. Gordon wants to come back to Denver and Gordon wants to win football games. And the best way to win football games in Denver next season is to have Aaron Rodgers under center. So, uh, he's a free agent, right? Or is he officially a free agent? Um, because I, I think the, I don't the league think year so hasn't started because okay. I was wondering, I'm like the, the Falcons, everybody drank released somebody that was going to be a free agent. I'm like, well, he was going to be a free agent. That doesn't make any sense. I think it's so they could go ahead and start talking to other people. Mm-hmm. There may have been some back end reason where they didn't have to pay him an extra $50,000 or something. I don't know what it was, yeah. 
but they officially released a guy two weeks ago that was about to be a free agent. So I don't think they're quite free agents officially yet, or else we probably would have heard all over everywhere. The free agent season is now officially open. Ring the bell. Ding, ding, yep. ding, ding, ding. Yep. Yeah, Let not the not, begin. I don't think until March the league year starts. So uh, hopefully we'll get into that soon, and that'll be a lot of fun. Um, God, I'm excited to see what the Broncos do there. Um, also, I think in March we, sh- we sh- are supposed to get resolution with Rodgers. So decision and clarity one way or the other. Uh, Anizo coming in here saying, I've said it every year since Manning left, but 2022 is the year Broncos will go two and one versus the Chiefs. The two and one sticks out to me because where is that one coming? Because playoffs. if uh, the one better not be coming in the playoffs, I'm going to be upset. Okay. I I agree where that's where the three is coming from. The one better be in the regular season is what I'm getting. At. One in the regular season, you'll lose in Kansas City. So yeah. be it. Those games don't matter. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, Travis coming in here. Uh, great. With some stars. With stars. Of course, Travis. Let me. Oh, if it's stars, I got to put on Travis's hat. Travis sent me a hat in the mail. So uh, I'll put it over the top there. Thank you, Travis. Uh, morning, fellas. Love this show. Iowa Hawkeyes and Denver Broncos for life. Thank you, Travis. There's the hat. Um, I think that'll that says, be a bit. It's just right next to me. Nighthawk. Now, I would almost guarantee you did not see the movie Nighthawk with Billy Dee Williams and Sylvester Stallone and Rutger Hauer. Awesome. But I was a kid, so it was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen when I was, you know, sneaking it on HBO when I'm nine years old. So I Nighthawk, like, check it out. Fun, fun movie. I would sneak like Monty Python or Animal House. Like I'd be sick and I'd have the whole thing of movies there. And I'm like, huh, which one I've never seen? That one looks fun. Animal House. Oh, my goodness. What is that? Like, I was in sixth grade. Um, ooh. Uh, but uh, we got EJ coming in, and this is a shout-out to Scott as well. Thanks for the Trevor Penning video. He is just nasty, just how I like my offensive lineman. Yeah, make sure you guys are checking out Scott's YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Um, and a lot of videos there. Trevor Penning, I will be honest with you, he scares me a little bit. Um, I get talking with some people. I get a little bit of Richie Incognito vibes, good or bad, maybe, but there's just a little bit of what I like about him is he's under control. You know, he, he, he might throw a little extra on you, but he's not up barking in your face about it. He's getting under people's skin. It's like he'll, it's almost like he's wrestling. Like he knocks somebody down, shoots them. And then he goes up on top of them, but then he gets up and the plays over. And it's the other guy that's up in his, you know, up in his grill and getting mad. And Trevor just walks back and then goes back. So, it's very calculated. It's a little scary yeah. that he's six, yeah. seven, 330 pounds. And in that video on my channel, Nick, and I, I don't know if you, if you saw this or we talked about it much <clears throat> outside of the fact, but he's playing a lot of guard. Mm-hmm. I think he's actually, even at that size, he's flexible enough. He's actually a better guard right now than a tackle. I don't think he moves nearly as well as Spencer Brown did, but he mm-hmm. certainly has the power in the short spaces that he's very, very versatile. I, I like him at guard, which, you know, I'm not, I don't want to guard at nine, but I certainly like the fact that if I miss on a guy that, oh, he didn't work out a tackle, that I might have a, you know, a really high level guard as well. That makes him pretty valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Versatility is key on the offensive line. It's one of the things that makes Zion Johnson so fun from Boston College. Uh, all, he's played all five spots. Probably going to be a guard in the NFL, but um, he took some center snaps as well. That versatility is key. Uh, DWI guys coming in 50. $50. Thank you so much. 50% Aaron Rodgers. For is 50. The day. I love it. 50% Aaron Rodgers is the day one quarterback to farf the uh, trade for Aaron Rodgers fund. I just like to say to farf. If you haven't figured it out, I'm an incredible cynic. Uh, yep. Like I said, a, a Cleveland born Atlanta sports fan. You don't get much more cynical than me. Yeah. So uh, if I want Aaron Rodgers to come to the Denver Broncos, which I would, I'd love to see it. I think it'd be great. It'd be great for this community. It'd be great for, 
uh, the the talking that we're that we do. It'd be great for the show, um, which to me automatically sings no way this is going to happen because I'm a cynical sob because my teams never get the guys I want, where if they do, they leave and then they lose. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am with you on the cynicism most times. Uh, I will say that while I am my immediate family's from Iowa, I originally hail from Missouri, the Show Me State, and by God, do I embody that? You know, prove it. Show me. That's the same thing with the coaching staff here or Drew Lock or anything. You think he's going to be great or you think you can be great? Go out there and show me. That's yeah, the, the only proven. alpha team I root for, and I just chose him based on a player, not because of the team. So I didn't know anything about him is Chelsea. Chelsea's a big mm-hmm. money yeah. alpha team. I'm like, wow, this is actually kind of fun when they win these close games and they come back and beat the teams that are sitting there saying they're trying to hang on. I'm like, I had no idea that this could actually happen. So it's a, uh, it's up it's, uh, 50% for Aaron Rodgers. That'd be great. Um, we'll see. Could be a hundred percent before too long. Yeah, absolutely. And we want to say hello to Peter saying, uh, so it looks like we won't be drafting a running back until late day three. Doubt Gordon will get to free agency after Peyton's comments. And uh, definitely I'm going to read, this is a great kickoff here and I don't want to lose Kevin's uh, sevens comment here, but uh, main topic topic today over on the Broncos media side of things on the Broncos website, uh, Broncos media member, Eric Delala. Uh, lead writer for them over there had an interview with George Payton. I think this interview was probably done before the Broncos hired their head coach based on some of the comments here, but I digress. Um, specifically running back. We have a quote here from George Payton about the position and it, with myself and Scott being couch general managers, anything that we can get from the general manager, specifically talking about the roster and its current state, you know, I'm all ears. This is interesting stuff. So uh, the quote, this is a uh, George Payton. I think Javante is a big time back. I think Melvin had a heck of a year when those two guys are going, they're hard to stop. Obviously both had some fumbles and we need to clean that up. But in terms of physical runners, I thought they were two of the better runners combos in the entire league. Both are good in protection. Both can catch the ball. So I just like the way both of them go about their work. They work hard. They love ball. Melvin's infectious. I love the smile. Javante, he's pretty quiet, but I just love the way those guys work. I think they're all really talented. And again, and sure, again, the coaches need to evaluate it, but I like Melvin a lot. So, uh, yeah, getting in here to it about uh, with Peters. Um, it does look like the Broncos would love to bring back Melvin Gordon on a cheap deal, and it sounds like Melvin Gordon would like to be lo- come back as well. But the money's got to make sense, right? That's the one where one year, two years, Melvin going to want to do that for likely what is this probably his last contract. I mean, he's one of the oldest starting running backs in the NFL. Uh, got to match up, but I would, I'd be fine bringing Melvin Gordon back for a two-year deal that's you know, 4 million a year. And that last year is essentially, Mm -hmm. yep. The last year is essentially an option year two. If he's down for that, heck yeah. Bring back Melvin Gordon. I don't give a hoot. If you're cutting into Javante Williams carries, I'd rather have Javante Williams be more efficient per carry than rather him get the volume stats. It's way more important to have for him to be efficient. So uh, I think, I think Melvin Gordon would be okay with that too. I mean, he, you know, he wasn't complaining. He's like, the, the one thing he said was there were times where I didn't think, Melvin or I, either of us got the ball enough, basically mm-hmm. run the ball more. You know, yep. we we wanted the ball more, not, hey, I didn't get enough carries. He didn't say I, I, I. He was always talking about we as a unit. Yep. Now, you know, the one that gets me a little bit, and this I, I was reminded, thankfully, um, it may have been you, Nick, it may have been Zach or Chad, about Mike Boone said that he was signed because he got a he got a good deal. I mean, a two-year, four million dollar deal for a third running back, that's that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, that he was signed before the draft. I think it was you, Nick. I remember you it saying wasn't. it now. You signed yeah. before the draft. Uh, he's only got an $800,000 dead cap hit. 
you know, I, I think you got him. I, I don't know that, you know, you, you expect you expect your general manager to talk good about your former players. That's their job. You know, yep. you're not going to talk down about them, um, you know, unless you're Vic Fangio talking about your quarterback. Um, you're not going to talk bad about them. That doesn't shine well on you. That discourages other free agents from coming and playing your way. But I think that uh, that uh, Melvin can get a one-year, six million dollar deal, six six and a half somewhere else, maybe a two-year deal with you know six and a half guaranteed, uh, where he plays on six and a half million, then he's a free agent again next year. So I don't know. I, I'd be a little surprised if the same three guys were there last year. That were there last year, or there again. I think if Melvin Gordon does come back, I wouldn't expect to see Boone. And if I'm Boone, I wouldn't want to come back. I'm like, guys, I don't want to be the third guy and get 20 carries. Yeah. Um, yeah. Boone was signed prior to the draft. So you had to have your running back too. Otherwise, you're going to the draft. If I don't get one of those top guys, then I'm really exposed to the position, not where you want to be. Um, but and thanks uh, for the stars, Peter. Appreciate yeah. that. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Travis. Well, we got to this one from Travis, but I guess you want me to put the hat back on. Um, oh, okay, so, that's right. That's, that's right. There we Sorry. Go. Nighthawk. Um, um, no, it's okay. Uh, but I don't think three that one, the, the Jacob coming back in with uh, have not. with double with triple digit stars. So twelve hundred stars from from Damn. Jacob coming in. Certainly appreciate that. That's a couple of cups of coffee. We appreciate yeah, exactly. the heck out of that, Kevin. All right, uh, that's the good Jacob. stuff. Yeah, that's the good stuff. That's a that's a one small cup of coffee here in downtown Seattle. Um, Lawrence Rivera coming in and saying, "Hey guys, what's better, one owner or multiple?" I see Brian Allen net is about four hundred million. That would be making the poorest owner. No, kind of funny. That would be considered cash poor in the NFL owners. You know what? I'm going to be honest here. I don't know enough about how the money things work. Uh, <laughs> I'm a poor middle class, you know, thirty year old scientist, and we're not making the big money that some people would have you believe. Um, so. Uh, Brian Allen being worth 40 million. I'm skeptical that he's only 400 million. I am skeptical that he's only worth 400 million. He probably mm -hmm. has other assets put in other places that he could easily move around. Um, I think it's called liquidation. Maybe is the word. I, I don't know about this stuff, but he has money. If he's, he's one of the ones who can get there. He's definitely somebody that can do it. And what I think is uh, because he's speaking out as well, there's definitely a group there, but they want Brian Allen to be the, the face of the investment right now mm -hmm. for the league. So when you're talking about when you do those net worth searches, they usually talk about career earnings. They yeah. don't talk about what you've done with those career earnings. You know, my career earnings don't add up to my net worth because we've made investments and you put it in houses. And if you have companies, take whatever that he's earning from that and multiply it by about five. Yeah. Um, but you talk about, you know, the the 400 million making one of the poorest owners. That's what the Mannings are. You know, the Mannings are putting together a group and the Mannings are worth about 400 to 500 as well, too. Now you go find some hedge fund guy that's made us billions or somewhere in there that wants to make another billion off of an easy, you know, another easy billion in the surefire safest investment you can make in an NFL franchise and, and you, you be the face and you run it. So I think Byron Allen stepping up and speaking out that he won't have any trouble finding the money to back him to get to whatever, you know, the four and a half, $4 million that it's going to take. And I think that enough pressure has been put on the league that if he's the sole uh, black bidder, he'll get it. I really do. Unless there's some stuff in his background that, you know, would prohibit him from doing that. If they do enough search, I don't know how much they search anyway. Um, there, there, that he would get it because th there's a need, a, a, a desperate need for diversity in the room. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, totally. 
Uh, you're correct there. Um, Nathan, you did miss a little bit of a Mario Kart and Smash Bros. Uh, conversation here. Um, the other thing about Brian Allen is I think he won a lot of money in a discrimination lawsuit. I don't know if that goes into his net worth or not, um, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Thank you so much, uh, Michael. Thank, uh, appreciate Albert. you. We also got Albert coming in. Appreciate the comment. I don't know uh, FC20. I, I I don't know much over than the the top teams in the in that league that end up making Champions League. I uh, that's very cool to be to be pulled into a youth academy at that level. You must have been a player. The best player I ever played with was on like the Swedish junior national team. It was on the Swedish junior teams. And when I was playing defense, my entire goal was okay. I got the ball. I don't want the ball. Where's Where's Kenneth? Find Kenneth. Get him the ball, and then relax. That's a uh, my. Biggest sports moment is I got dunked on by Harrison Barnes, <laughs> who uh, was the number one recruit in uh, all of high school, college basketball. Uh, his year went to North Carolina and was a one and done and then a lottery pick in the NBA. He dunked on me and the coach took me the heck out because I just got out of the way because I didn't need that dude jumping on me um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, posterizing me, as the kids would say. Um, any more supers here? I think we need to get yeah, into Jacob some more. Is, Jacob's coming again. And then uh, Jacob's coming again. And then. Yes uh kevin we'll get to kevin too so thanks jacob uh, appreciate the support when they show um the the stars tonight uh I'll, I'll take a look but i have a feeling for the month jacob's gonna be top three for sure yeah. uh jacob michael rodney garcia all uh mark richard big supporters uh big supporters uh for sure so kevin come in and say scott on tuesday you said if the christian watson runs faster than a 465 you're all in Newsflash, he ran a 442 two years ago at NDSU. Haha, ha, big fan. Uh, I'd love to see it. Uh, I want to see it though um, in a controlled environment. Uh, mm -hmm. Everybody runs at least two seconds, two tenths of a second faster than, uh, than they actually do. Mm -hmm. So I want to see it in a controlled environment where he is on. Uh, I'd love to see him at the combine and do that. And again, if he's, if he's anywhere there, if he's in the four fives at six foot four, he's got 10 inch hands. Uh, you know, I, I, I really like great blocker. I put some video up on him. So a uh, big, big fan of his. And if he's in the four fours, he should be considered in the top two rounds at six foot four, 215 pounds. I'm not sure exactly, but he was over 200 solid, mm -hmm. strong, great blocker, great hands. Uh, love the kid. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll see. I'm not saying he's not going to, I'm just saying, I, I still want to, I want to see it now, you know, what's happened mm -hmm. between now and then you know, has he gotten hurt? You know, so I, I do want to see it, but he plays that way for sure. Yeah. Th thanks yeah. Kevin. Uh, Jordan Reed over at ESPN. Uh, I've had him on the building the Broncos a couple times back when he was just starting up at the draft network. Now he's over at ESPN killing it. So shout out to Jordan Reed. He just actually released his first mock draft yesterday. So good for him. But uh, he said that he wouldn't be surprised if Christian Watson sneaks his way into the back end of the first round, given what he said from scouts. So that kind of validates the the speed, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, if he's fast Watson. enough, he's got the frame, he's got everything else, you know, it, it, again, What's fast enough at 6'4", basically sub 4'7". And people will yep. lose their minds. Yep. He's only a 4'6 guy. Anquan Bolden ran like a 4'8'5". You know, yeah. he's it's it's much more. You've heard me say it before. If I take this out of context, I'm going to sound like a moron. But speed's overrated. <laughs> you overrate those 40 times. You overrate yeah. the 40 times. Let's look at his shuttle. Let's look at everything else and the size. When you're 6'4", you don't have to be a 4'4 guy. It's a bonus. If you are, you're Calvin Johnson, you're Julio Jones, you're yeah. AJ Green. Uh, but you don't have to be one of those three guys to be a really, really, really good receiver in this league. 
Yeah, the thing for me about the parameters when it comes to the testing is that you cannot be, if you are a super outlier compared to the norm, then I'm a little bit skeptical, right? It's like AJ Epinesa oh. running like a f- almost a 540. It's the like 489 oh. from Anquan yeah. Bolden. Yeah, it's, you know, you, you are betting on an outlier and me being a statistical analysis kind of guy, I typically don't bet on the outlier, right? You're not going to come out and win that bet more often than not. So and some, sometimes you're going to miss on some guys. That's, and if you, I think personally, I'm okay living on missing with those guys as long as I'm not wasting the investment just because I have a feeling that this outlier is going to get it right. And obviously there's a point where the, you overlook it. Like if Anquan Bolden had amazing tape, blah, blah, AJ Epinesa, really actually pretty good for the bills. Um, Not a first round pick because of the parameters that he ran, but in the second round, he's a quality starting edge rusher. So that, that's you, about where you want to go. You cannot build a team on the exceptions to the rule. Can't yep. do it. You nope. know, I mentioned Bailey Zappi, you know, I, I some comments on, on my YouTube page about, you know, I was like, I think he's a little, little underarmed and a little small yep. and who comes up naturally, you mean underarmed and undersized like Drew Brees? I'm like, oh. did First Drew, of Brees, all, Drew have Brees has plenty of arm. I was going to say that dude had a whip. Yeah, Let's he has real. plenty of arm. Yeah. And second of all, you take Bailey Zappi is going to become the Drew Brees. I'll take that he's not, and let's yeah. put a year's salary on it. Or shut up about yeah. the Drew Brees. I'm like every white kid's dad in middle suburban America when I was scouting colleges uh, for you know college recruiting. I'm like, oh, he's a little little short, little you know, just good high school quarterback basically. Well, yeah. what about Drew Brees? <sighs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about him? What about Drew Brees? There's yeah. one of those. And yep. when was Drew Brees drafted? That was about 20 years ago. Yep. Yeah, we uh, Scott and I have done this long enough that we know that there are no guarantees in the future, right? The timeline can be wild and wacky uh, without a doubt. But we base our decisions on probability. Good process typically leads to good results. So um, you always want to do that. Uh, we got Travis coming back in. I realize we have other needs this offseason, but any chance we sign Brandon Scherf, I believe he's a free agent. I think he's finally a free agent after the Washington football, I guess the commanders now, um, franchise tagged him like eight times. He's almost 30 years old, and he's about to hit his first uh, or his first time hitting free agency. Uh, man, I really like Brandon Scherf. Obviously, I used to see him at uh, Hy-Vee when I worked there back in uh, grad school. Um, man, what a unit. <laughs> God an incredible, uh, incredible size of a person, but, um, Brandon Scherf, I'd be interested. Maybe that's me being biased. Do you want to pay a guard big money? Probably not. Um, I need to see what happens with the Aaron Rodgers and the quarterback decision first before talking about allocating big money, more, uh, big investment to the interior offensive line. Um, but Brandon Scherf killed it in the outside zone scheme at Iowa. He's played multiple schemes at Washington football team. Uh, I would be interested for sure. I just think he is going to be extremely expensive and I probably am not looking to pay a guard that much money um, given the assets the Broncos already have there. They're still paying Graham Glasgow. Drew Brees is about to free agent, be a free agent, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, won't lie, uh, getting Brandon Scherf in here would be a lot of fun um, because Brand, he's Brandon Scherf made double your next active player last year. Yeah, he's ex- so he's expensive. You know, by the time it got to active, Graham Glasgow was your number one. And then Brandon Scherf would be your number two. He made 18 million last year as a guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, your next closest active, and he's gone. The, the next two from last year are Kyle Fuller and Melvin Gordon. They're gone and gone. Yeah. Um, you know, and then uh Graham Glasgow had a 12 million dollar cap hit, and the next closest was Cream Jackson at five. Yeah. Um, that that'd be that'd be a tough one to swallow, honestly. We talk about upsetting the pay scale. 
Um, you know, if you do it with a quarterback that's got a couple rings on his fingers and some MVP trophies and he's slinging that over his shoulder and he walks in, you pay him 30 million. That's one thing. When you do it with a guard and I'm making four and this guy's making 18, you can, you can upset the locker room a little bit on that too. Um, yeah. appreciate the question and the stars, Travis. There you go. And that one's, that one's for you, Nick. John Houston coming in. Do you guys like Chad Mumar or Leo Chanel on the second? Um, Leo Chanel is very fun and talented. I worry that he is pretty scheme specific. I think he almost has to play in a Patriot style scheme where those guys are much more funneling downhill between the tackles and being like a or B gaps, blitzers, stunting, twisting, delayed blitzes versus the sideline to sideline speed. I, I prefer Chad Muma. Um, I would love Leo Chanel if we were running the Patriot style scheme. I mean, the Patriots linebackers, they're doing stuff that no other team's doing right now. They said, Oh, everybody's playing too high. We're going to go play man coverage and uh, play with single high safety and do a lot of versatile chess pieces in the front seven. Um, and their linebackers are all like six to 265 pounds where the league is going to like, you know, the six foot two thirty guys. So uh, Leo Chanel is about six to 265. Um, he's that kind of guy. Chad Muma, great tester, athletic. I love him sideline to sideline. I do think he needs to work on a little bit of physicality uh, coming downhill and playing in the box, but um, I think he has the instincts and athleticism to take a swing on him day two if he's there. I'm not going to use a day one pick on any linebacker personally this year unless one absolutely blows you away and you understand that this year's draft class is not as talented. So maybe the risk is worth it if you do fall in love with a guy. Again, probability speaking, day one linebacker, not a great investment, uh, off-ball linebacker specifically. But uh, this is a good transition here um, to Peyton. Uh, George Payton talking about the inside linebacker position in his interview because we still haven't talked about very much of this because you guys are killing it with the supers. Um, George Payton, interview on Broncos.com. This is what he has to say about the linebacking core for the Broncos. Uh, so we have Josie Jewell and AJ Johnson who are our free agents. So we'll look at them. I like both of them. The coaches have to watch them, but obviously we miss them when they were out. I know Josie was kind of the glue guy and AJ is a real physical presence in the run game. I mean, we lost those guys pretty early. Josie week two and AJ against the Raiders. Losing those guys, uh, only a benefit. It, the only benefit is that some of the younger guys got to play. Baron, the Baron Brownings, who showed flashes of being a really good player. Jonas Griffith, I mean, that this guy came out of nowhere. He's all over the field. He can really run. Both those guys can really run. They're athletic. They can cover. Obviously, they have some things to work on, so we're excited about them. I do think it's a pretty good draft class. There's some guys here I really like, so it's kind of in flux because we could potentially sign Josie back, AJ back, and then you have some younger guys in the mix with Browning and Jonas and some other guys that we have. Um, okay, so this first to me, um, thanks for your service, Justin Stranod. Uh, we'll see wherever you end up next if you make the roster next year. Um, had a chance, did not look good. Uh, so fifth-round pick at the linebacker, that's the that's the bed you make sometimes. Um this, I agree with him completely. This is an incredible linebacker class. Um, the depth is insane. You could see, I think you could see up to 12 off-ball linebackers go in the first 100 picks, which is crazy, but it's. I think it really is that good of a class. Um, I do like that what he said, though, that Josie's kind of the, the glue guy. If they can bring back Josie, um, especially these younger guys, and if you're going to draft a guy decently early as well, I would love to have him be the veteran presence there. Um, I think he would help a lot with... Uh, the new defensive coordinator coming in. Maybe this is just me being Iowa biased, but again, I talked with people in that Broncos organization and uh, I think it was uh, Ed Donatel um, who's getting an interview for the defensive coordinator for the Vikings. Congrats to Ed Donatel um, that uh, Josie Jewell was like working with all he's first on the bus, sitting with all those guys, you know, going through film with mm -hmm. these guys, even though he's out and he's an impending free agent, you know, he could just be focused on getting himself ready for next year. He was bought in on the team and the development of the guys around him. So, 
I would love to bring Josie back and then draft a guy rounds uh, in round two through five. Uh, if one fell to you that you like, uh, that'd be my personal strategy. Um, but we'll see. Uh, it's I think that Peyton hit the nail on the head here that you're losing those two guys. When you lost them, the defensive structure fell apart essentially. And it took a little bit for them to counteract um, to get back going again. Uh, but it's a spot where they probably could use a free agent and a draft pick. And I think you brought up a couple of good points in there. One, uh, Donatel talked about uh, about uh, Josie Jewell during the season, too, in an interview. So that's not the first time I've, I've heard him say that uh, about how much work he put in and what he meant. I'd, I'd love to have him back with the young linebackers. I think you need a veteran presence there. And I don't think he's going to be that expensive. Specifically, you know, inside linebackers aren't that expensive anyway, especially coming off an injury. Um, I thought he was playing better than Alexander Johnson when they were when they were both on the field at the same time. So I think he's more valuable to the team. And and Alexander Johnson, I think his Q rating whatsoever, I think he's going to command a little bit more money. He'll be a little bit more expensive with one more deal, and he's he's going to be chasing that contract a little bit more. But you mentioned Ed Ed uh, Donatel again. There, that's the point I was going to make, Peter. So you're right on that. Was watch out where Donatel ends up because he might want to bring in one of his guys to help implement the system, to help you know get everybody else, that coach on the field. So keep an eye on that uh, to, to when we talk about connections and that type of thing. Watch where Ed Donatel goes, and that will probably be your biggest competition for bringing Josie Jewell back. Good, good comment, Peter. If he goes to the Vikings, I do not know if the Vikings have the cash situation to pay Josie Jewell. Uh, this, they are paying Anthony Barr huge money. They're paying Eric Kendricks huge money. They need work in the defensive tackle room and the secondary terribly. Um, they got to figure out what's going on with Kirk Cousins, $45 million cap hit. Uh, Vikings are not in a great cap situation at all. So yeah. uh, you could Jewel see Jewel was, come in still, but Jewel's base was two, two last year. Fourth you know, round pick. I mean, he's, I think he'll get five this year. I don't, you don't coming off a season ending injury. I don't, I really don't. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. For sure. And uh, I see a comment here from Falling Sloth saying um, Josie Jewell is underrated. He is an amazing coverage backer, but solid there and great in other ways. He was, I think, pro football focused, pro football focuses, number one rated coverage backer. Very small sample size, of course. Um, but for uh, um, the linebacker position, it's much more about zone instincts and limiting yards after catch because I, I don't care who your linebacker is. Um, there's a reason teams are going to more dime looks in the defensive on uh, their defensive fronts. Linebackers are always a mismatch against pass catchers in the open field. That's just the reality of it. Um, so Josie Jewell being able to be instinctual, limit yards after catch, being good uh, passing off, crossing receivers in the zone. Um, he's very good at that. And he did that a lot at Iowa as well. So I would love to have him back. My biggest concern about Josie Jewell is his, he's always going to be limited as far as the athleticism, but it is the length coming downhill. Um, you, you don't see as many explosive plays behind the line of scrimmage because he just, sometimes can get engulfed by blockers or get knocked off by blockers. Cause he's a little bit smaller. Um, but, uh, and uh, we have a comment here from, we got Chad coming in saying Ed's in Seattle. Isn't he, he agreed to be a defensive associate for Seattle. So he is technically in Seattle right now, but the Vikings just requested an interview him for his defensive coordinator. So it could be like, uh, if you recall Cliff Kingsbury getting fired from Texas A&M offensive coordinator for USC head coach for Arizona, same off season, better opportunity comes up maybe going to take it. So uh, yeah, you're, you're not going to deny him that, right? Yeah. Even in Seattle, you're saying, Hey, we get it. We understand. Um, yep. USC, the university of spoiled children, they might not have been quite as, uh, quite as, as forgiving of cliff Kingsbury at the time, but no, I'm just kidding. I, I got a lot of USC friends. So 
yeah. uh, living out there in, in uh, not too far from there. But Anthony yeah. Edwards coming in. So just getting in, we'll have to rewatch the first half. We'll uh, hit us up with any comments and stuff. So just curious what Scott thought of Ellerby around the fifth compared to reaching for the top six uh, quarterbacks. Thanks for the show. You two are great. We'll appreciate it. Um, you've watched Ellerby, so I'm going to go back to uh, I'm going to go back to you on Ellerby on this. But I'll tell you what, I'm of the opinion that you want to wait till the third or later for a quarterback and see if one of those guys falls. If you like mm -hmm. a guy, uh, I'm not sold on Bailey Zappi, but no. you know if you took a seventh on him, a sixth on him, I'd be okay with that. Desmond Ritter in the third, and I'm really, really interested. Yeah. Um, even Carson Strong to a certain extent in the third. But not at nine. There, there isn't anybody I want you to take at nine. Uh, and maybe not even with your your first pick in the second round. So yeah. you get you start hitting the third round, late second because you've got two second round picks. Um, then I start getting a little more interested. Now, uh, was is Ellerby for Anthony's question here? Is Ellerby a candidate for fourth and beyond that you would be that you would like to see as a Bronco? Yeah, uh, he's a little bit in the same body build as a Sam Howell, where I think he's a little taller, 6'1", 6'2", and thick. Um, Until they he measure has... him for real. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he looks big, a little bigger on tape. I'm joking. I'm yeah. joking. <laughs> um, but he's got a, an NFL arm. Um, I like his release. I was surprised that he didn't um, go back to college. Apparently, Oklahoma was sniffing around him hard as, uh, if he became a – uh, a transfer portal kind of guy. Um, they would have liked to have brought him in. That's just heard it from multiple people connected to that kind of thing. So um, definitely a talented kid. Um, definitely somebody I think you could swing on maybe even, you know, the very end of round three, because he does actually have, I think the NFL nice. arm um, and size in, in this draft class, you know, if you want to get that guy, typically you're going to get him. I would take him before Bailey Zapp personally. Um, I believe he's just a redshirt sophomore. So that's why you didn't see him at the senior bowl in comparison to a Bailey Zapp. Um, I will say, though, watching Western Michigan, the real star there is – I like LB, don't get me wrong, but the real star there is Sky Moore. If you get a chance to watch some Western Michigan, if you're a team that's hungry for some wide receiver help, Sky Moore, two wise. He is – he's exceptional. I'm really, really impressed by him. I think he'll probably go in the top uh, – definitely in the top two rounds. Peter Milton, let's give special teams some loves. Do you draft a punter, kicker, uh, kick return specialist this year? Possibly. Um, I will give a shout-out to uh, Marcus Jones cornerback from the university of Houston. Somebody asked who's the quickest twitchest cornerback in this year's class. I'm going to give Marcus Jones a shout out. The big issue for Marcus Jones is that he is tiny. He is five foot eight, about 170 pounds. Um, probably going to be limited to the slot. Um, but he is a dynamic returner and he is tenacious. So end of round three, I uh, middle round three, I'd be interested. I think Dane Brugler marked, mocked him to the Broncos, the end of round two. That's a little bit for me. Um, for a pure slot guy with his size limitations, you know, size does matter. Length does matter in the defensive backfield. Um, so concerns me a bit as far as punter and kicker. Sorry, Peter, you are barking up the wrong tree here. I could not tell you. I'm, I'm not sitting here with the stopwatch measuring hang time or kicking stuff. It's just, there's only so many hours in the day and I don't need to, uh, I don't know enough to scout those guys and I don't have the time to do so as well. So it's possible. Sure. But I cannot tell you who's, who's the guy there. I can't remember the guy's name that's at Utah. Uh, Britton Covey uh, could come out. He could come back for another year. Uh, 5'8", 170 pounds. He's older. I think he's. Mm -hmm. I think he went on a, a Mormon mission, or he could play for a while, but I think he's going to be 25 or 26 years old. 25, I think, by the time he comes. But if I want to get a, a one-year – not a one-year deal, but a, a, a one-contract guy who could help me immediately, and he's available in the sixth round, yeah, that's worth a six-round pick. 
if I could get him for three, four years as a, as a return specialist? Absolutely. So keep an eye on Britton Covey. He, if he decides, and I don't know for sure if he's decided to come out or not, but he's someone that tore up Ohio State. And everybody's talking this guy, this guy, this guy. I'm like, well, he's, he's a grown man. He's, he's 24 years old out there. But he is very talented as a return man. So I would, I would throw a sixth or seventh rounder on a return guy for sure. Yeah. Uh, just a shout out because I actually I actually do have a puncher I want to give a shout out to. Um, Iowa had a really good puncher this year. Um, he's the Australian style guy, but Iowa had, I think, one of the best special teams in football. And uh, the only time Iowa's puncher was out punted this season, and it's a big joke in Iowa, hashtag punting is winning, um, Colorado State. Colorado State's puncher, Ryan Stonehouse, what a boomer of a kick he has. Um, I saw a game where Colorado State was playing Vanderbilt, and he kicked an 81-yard punt. Um, so this guy has a massive leg. Now, playing at altitude at Fort Collins, for sure, that helps his net averages. Um, but uh, just wanted to give a shout-out to the semi-local kid. Um, and, and the University of Georgia's Jake Carmada had a nice wind at his back in Mobile and was hitting 80-yarders. Hmm. Uh, he, was, he was hitting it from the 10 to the 10. So it was 70 yard, It was 80 yards in the air, and it was a 70-yard punt that he was hitting with uh, with a nice wind at his back. But he, he can hit it a little bit too, but I'm I'm not too worried about it's unbelievably hard to scout specialists like that because yeah. there are thousands of guys that can kick a, a 50 yard field goal. Yeah. I mean, you, if you gave me six months, I think I could still kick a 50 yard field goal off a tee. I'm almost 50 years old. I think I think I could. Um, it's not that hard. Doing it under pressure, you don't know until they've done it. So yeah. it's it's tough. It's tough to scout kickers just based on leg. Mark Schrader coming back in saying, just want you guys to know how much I appreciate all the insights. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, yeah. I hope you understand how much we appreciate you. Yeah. Again, this is, it's fun for us, but it's also, you know, it's also a way to earn a living as well. And, and we're not doing that without all of y'all, without your support. So thank you so much. And Scott, do you hear that music? Is that the, the closer coming? No, in? it's the theme music for drafting a quarterback in 2023 because the class looks a lot better. Um, mm -hmm. John Houston coming in asking, did Tanner McKee or Spencer Rattler declare? declare? No, they did not. And there's uh, two more names to watch for next year in the 2023 class, which has way more talent uh, than the 2022 class on paper. Even, uh, oh, you don't know that. We knew pretty well. Obviously, you can't know the future, but we knew pretty well a year ago that 2022 would probably be a down year. Maybe Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell becomes a good quarterback worth the first overall pick. Zoinks, that did not happen. Um, so both of these guys, two names to keep an eye on for 2023, outside of the obvious Bryce Hall and CJ Stroud, who raised the ceiling of that class exponentially compared to the uh, the other guys here. Um, I don't know how much more supers we have, but there are a few more positions we do want to talk about here. I think we're, we're caught up. Spencer, yeah. we when he lost his job, people were still talking about him. Uh, and he lost his job to a really good freshman. Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, who I think has also transferred out of there. USC. He followed, yeah, Lincoln followed, Riley, his, USC. followed his coach. Uh, Spencer, I believe, ended up at the other USC, USC Southeast, and he's at South Carolina. Yep. Um, Tanner he's, McKee's he's got an image rehabilitation job to do. A yep. uh, little big-headed. Love his arm talent. I like I like the moxie, but he's got some uh, he's got some maturity issues that you're gonna that he needs to work out. So yeah, playing another that. year in college. And becoming a professional, so to speak, he's been paid. Becoming a, a good pro will do him a world of good. Good gracious, Ethan. Wow. Um, my 50th birthday present to Broncos. Saturday. For Speaking of almost 50, I think I think uh, Ethan said Saturday. Yeah. 50th wow. birthday. 
I'm uh, sorry, brother. It's there's no there's no masking 50. I was okay with 40. I was 40, but 50. 50 sound like an OG at that point. There's there's no hiding that one. We're actually officially grown-ups. The the dirty secret from older guys is we still like mentally feel like we're about 16. Yeah. Um, but uh 50's 50, dude. I love it. Congratulations. Yeah. There were times, I don't know about you, but there were times when I was pretty sure I wasn't gonna make 50. So congratulations. I see a couple of grays on my chin and I'm like, hey, I made it. I made it this far. <laughs> Thank <laughs> like, you so much. Like battle scars. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ethan. Happy birthday to you. Um, you've been such a huge supporter of these shows, uh, the morning shows, especially. And I don't even think there's enough words we can say uh, to show our gratitude. So again, just a simple thanks, but it goes well beyond to get that. over to England and buy you a cup of coffee. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back. I haven't been back since uh, 19 fall of 19. I think it was right mm -hmm. before lockdown or was that 20? I've already lost my days. It's I don't know. It's been, it's been the, it's I, as far as I'm concerned, it is March 622nd, 2022 still. Like it's just that we've never left March 2020. Um, so uh, that means I'm still 28. Hey, um, but happy 50th birthday, Ethan. Thank you so much. Um, if I get over to England, who knows when that'll be. Um, but the uh, cask ale, I'll get you a cask ale for sure. Those are the, those are the fun ones. Um, we're all caught up, I believe. And also hundred on your 50th birthday. You could have done 50, but you doubled it. So God bless you. Um, Couple May more you things. Make 100. May you make a happy, healthy 100. Absolutely. For sure. Manifest that stuff. Um, a couple more positions here I wanted to get to. Um, Scott, I don't think we're going to have time to get all to all of them. So do you want to talk outside linebacker, right tackle, tight end, or wide receiver? Oh, wide receiver. Wide receiver. Okay. So Peyton, again, interview with Denver Broncos media um, to ask about the Broncos wide receiver. Um, and the flexibility that they have with the deals. Uh, he says, I think it's great. I mean, that's one of the reasons we locked them up. We knew they were two of our better young players, talented players. The reason you lock them up early is because if you get them on the open market, you're probably going to have to pay them more than you want. So they're more expensive once they get to the market, and we wanted to lock them up. Talking around there, Peyton, but yes. Uh, then that's something Elway did not do pretty consistently, is locking guys up early. However, with how the Broncos' pass game struggled down the stretch, maybe you could, could have even gotten them a little cheaper, but I digress. We'll see. Uh, it helps not only with our cap, but it gives us flexibility to go attack other positions. And talking about the wide receiver uh, position, once you get to free agency, all bets are off. Could be a bidding ward, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he's still really high on the Broncos receivers in Nathaniel Hackett system. They didn't perform as well as they wanted. I know that I've talked to them, but we need to be better around them as well. Talking about the quarterback position. Mostly mm -hmm. uh, we need to block better. We need to get better quarterback play. We need to be better as a whole and we'll get the best out of them, but they're really young. They're really talented. I still think there's huge upside with all three of those receivers talking Judy, Patrick and Sutton, you know, doing this coaching search, you learn a lot about your team because each candidate goes through your team. And one of the attractive parts of our team was our weapons. Uh, talked about receivers, backs, tight ends. So, I mean, I do think we have some talent there, especially at receiver. We need to get the best out of them. And I think Nathaniel and his staff will. So, so uh, when they, when Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton were signed to contract extensions, it told me that uh, Peyton had assured them that not only are you going to get paid, we're going to pay you some, some good money, but we are going to invest in the offensive side of this team. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was, you notice who made that announcement. It wasn't, it was the general manager who talked about it. Fangio wasn't hardly mentioned at all. Quarterback play wasn't really mentioned at all. It was about bright young talent and building around them. But also the thing is, again, like you're saying is if you got Judy, Patrick and Sutton, Fant, uh, Okawebenam, you know, there's, uh, Javante, there's only one ball. 
Yeah. Um, you know, there's only one ball. So if you need to package one of those guys around, their dead cap spaces aren't so bad. No. Their dead cap numbers aren't so bad that they can't be moved. Yep. Um, you know, and and obviously you don't want to sign a guy to a long term a longer term contract and say thank you, goodbye, but it's possible for sure. Yeah, definitely possible. Um, it's a fun room, it's a talented room. And it's one of the reasons that the Broncos are linked to these uh, a lot of veteran quarterbacks, right? Uh, I don't think you're going to get a rookie to come in here and maximize these wide receivers in their windows, which is next two years, right? You're probably with a rookie quarterback drafted this year. You're probably talking more 2024, get up and go. Um, I don't see a Joe Burrow immediately come in and be that kind of guy in this class. So uh, probably talking 2024. And by that point, you know, what do these wide receivers look like? What does the core look like? So that's why a veteran makes a lot of sense for this Broncos team. And, and um, who's going to be throwing in the ball? Jay Mills O'Ryan comes in and says, honestly, wouldn't you rather have Russ, Russell Wilson instead of Aaron Rodgers? It may be less of a price tag and he'll be here longer or is Russ coming here a long shot? Um, I, I think it is a long shot. And yes, I probably would rather have Russell Wilson. You know, there's been some talk, maybe his declining the injuries. I'm like, his declining is still top five, yeah. um, you know, and in, in being reinvigorated. I, I still think he's a premier quarterback mm-hmm. who's got seven or eight more years. So Yes, I probably would rather have Russell Wilson. I don't think it'd be any cheaper for the reasons you mentioned, though. It might even be more. Yeah. The thing about Aaron Rodgers is that the Broncos have a lot of, there's been a lot of flirtations back and forth there. You know, you have Nathaniel Hackett now, you have some other Packers stuff here uh, going on. You have the ability to bring in Devonta Williams or Devonta Adams with him. I mean, all these things are make you a really unique landing spot for Aaron Rodgers. And would I rather have Russell Wilson? It's 1A and 1B for me. I don't give a hoot. Uh, whichever mm-hmm. one signs the dotted line first, God bless you. You know, it's a, it's like a, a, hot, a hot housing market um, right now. It's like, I'll take whoever signs whoever signs the lease or the contract or whatever first, you're in. God bless you. We love you. Um, first come, first serve, because either of them are big upgrades and give you a great chance uh, for the Broncos going forward. Russell Wilson gives you a little bit longer term, um, but Aaron Rodgers gives you a top three quarterback versus Russell Wilson, who's a top eight. So, you know, I'll take either, but both of them, I think are probably still enough of a long shot that I'm not holding out for one over the other. Give me one. God bless. Let's go. Uh, Have a great time. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's Jeremy says, which one would you rather have? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's one of those, you know, when I talk, I used to talk to kids and their families about recruiting and, you know, they'd ask me, Scott, what do you think I should do? And I would never talk one school or the other. I'm like, it's going to be a hard choice but it's, you can't lose. You know, if I, if I had a hat, I dropped two names in, a, in, a, in my coffee mug and pulled one out and it was, you know, the two names were Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. And I could get one of those guys. I win. I win. Yep. So I probably rather would have Russell Wilson, uh, assuming that the price tag was similar, but, uh, for, for the reasons you mentioned the longevity on it, uh, I think, but again, yes, uh, either one for sure. Yeah. It's like uh, Hey Nick, um, celebrity crush, Kira Knightley or Jennifer Aniston. Okay. Y- yes. <laughs> God. Yes, please. Little, um, <laughs> old for you, dude, I was just trying to go. I mean, Oh, you did say crush they, though. They're ageless. Yes. So those are the God money. will do crazy things for how you look in Hollywood. Um, yeah, guys, we still want to talk. still want to talk tight end, right tackle and uh, outside linebacker, but we well, probably should do get- without the read. You know, without without all the talk, I think Peyton basically said that Bobby Massey did some good things and, and could be brought back. He I also said think that he kind of regretted, though, not investing in the uh, 
right tackle position last season. He said it's been multiple years where it's like, that's one I wish I made an actual investment in. And, and good for him, because what have I said? My my biggest criticism of, of him, and I think he's done a phenomenal job of, of George Payton, is if you've got that money, why didn't you spend more of it into the right tackle position? And I don't know that he tried. I don't know that he tried. I don't know that how much he tried and where he failed. Uh, but what good is having... $20 million in dead cap space. If I got a hole in my team and in, in yeah. cap space, if I've got a hole in my team. So I, I think that that was for me, his, you know, people talk about, Oh, you bring in Teddy. That was his biggest mistake. No, it wasn't. He brought in a, an experienced backup quarterback for a song. Mm-hmm. How it was used is a different thing. But if I can get a, a an experienced starter, uh, when I need a, another quarterback on my roster for what you paid for Teddy, that's good business. Um, now, having money and not using it to upgrade a, an obvious deficiency in a team. That was my question. So good for him. Good for him. I, I agree with him. I've been saying it all year. And you remember after the Broncos draft, when they traded up for Javante Williams, my one caveat was there was one player on the board that personally, I probably would have rather have made that investment in. And that was Tevin Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, who started at light to, left tackle there for the Bears at the end. Now, he did have a back injury and didn't play till the end, but he looked solid and he looked mean. And I think he's a better right tackle than he is a left tackle. That being said, the scheme change, uh, Tevin Jenkins is a better gap player than he is an outside zone. So maybe not the best fit there with that going on. Samuel Cosme actually would have been the the better pick there in hindsight with well, the scheme now. Spencer Brown was my guy. Oh, yeah. Spencer Brown was my guy. And I know he was available because he didn't go until yeah. about 92nd to yep. uh, to the Bills. Broncos had their so, eyes yes. on him, the pick. Yeah, yeah. So um, tackle is the big one there for me. Um Broncos do want to invest in the tackle position. Uh, we'll see where they go in that one. If the Broncos have their pick there, um, there's definitely a chance that they take one at nine. If he's available, I just saw that um, not to be a spoiler here. You guys can check out Jordan Reed's draft, but his top 10 was posted um, and he had three tackles going in the first five picks <laughs> and uh, Evan Neal going one, Icky Aquanu going four and Charles Cross going five. And after that, no more tackles. So those seem to be the big three. Um, Charles Cross is more hotly debated uh, than the other two because Charles Cross's game, especially as a run blocker, is almost purely projection because he played in uh, Mike Leach's air raid system. Um, but he's a really smooth pass blocker, has the tools, has improved dramatically. So um, if either of those guys are, are there at nine, honestly, I don't mind it. I know that Eric Trickle does not like, um, does not like, uh, gosh, Charles Cross at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I know that Daniel Jeremiah actually had Charles Cross listed below Raymond and Trevor Penning. So there seems to be a little bit of debate on Cross, but. Um, any of those guys, I'd honestly be fine with at nine. Re rewatching all my senior bowl stuff, Raymond really stood out. He did. He, I was like, Who, who's this guy? Who's this? It was 75 or 76 with a purple helmet, you know, with like a central Michigan. It was kind of off blue. I'm like, this guy keeps showing up. So I'll have some some stuff on him as well. This is Trevor Penning, please. Again, I think Trevor, I think Trevor Penning is a is a write-in starter, even if it's guard. Yep. You know, you could have used some, you could have used some of Trevor Penning at guard last year. I was critical of the Broncos several times for getting bullied in the trenches. Trevor Penning's not getting bullied. He's no. you, you need you need some street thug on your team. You do, no. and uh, he's he plays that way. He's got some thug in him, and I mean that. I mean that as a compliment. You yeah. need a little nasty down in there in the trenches. It can't all be finesse and type stuff. And I know that's silly talking about guys who. are 310 pounds button heads for a living, but there's still a different level. And, and no. Trevor Penning. Even if he ends up playing guard, I think he's, if you drafted him, I think he's a starter. Yeah. The, the thing with Penning is you're probably gonna have to dial back some because he was also an extremely penalized player at UNI. 
and uh, you know, holdings and personal fouls really make it hard to get first downs. Um, you guys saw that <laughs> with Garrett Bowles. Um, back to Raymond. He man, he really lines up with Garrett Bowles. Twenty five years old, uh, played tackle only for like two years now. Um, going to be a little bit older. Has almost the same measurements as Garrett Bowles. Moves like Garrett Bowles. Um, so he's one that's a lot of fun. I think he's going to go in the top twenty in this class. Um, I think he'll be one of those teams will take him there. Uh, the other two names that stick out for me for the outside zone specifically for the Broncos. Um, out of the senior bowl, Max Mitchell, university of Louisiana. Uh, I think his mom, um, made a Twitter account and is going through liking everything. Cause I had one person that liked all my Max Mitchell tweets and I went to their account and everything they like and retweet is Max Mitchell related. Uh, so he's one that interests me there day two. And then there's a uh, Braxton Jones, I believe is the name massive mover, uh, U- Southern Utah. Um, and he is a athlete with some length probably needs a year to work on the functional strength there. but um, he actually has the requisite movement skills to play the outside zone to climb and get outside the hash marks when you need to for that zone stretch. So uh, he interests me a lot as well. Um, looking for those athletes, uh, right? I'm, the, the, the prototype that I'm looking for, you mentioned uh, Spencer, Bra- uh, Spencer Brown, definitely he's one, but I'm, I think the ones that people kind of probably watched in college a bit, if you're especially if you're a draft person um, that can translate to that position, Brian O'Neill, like super athlete, uh, Pitt, now with the Vikings, I think he just got a big contract. And uh, Sam Cosme, those like fluid movers, uh, good pass pro, but really can just climb the level um, at the uh, in the run game. Edge rusher on um, the Broncos talked. He talked really highly about Bradley Chubb, who had two surgeries on his foot, wasn't 100%. Excited to see what he can look like this season. Complimented Malik Reed. I'm, you know how I am on Malik Reed. He's not a quality starter at all. Um, and then Coop being a good guy. Broncos need to invest in the edge rushing position. No doubt about it. I'm, I'm even of the opinion that if you like two in the top 100, Take them both. This is yep. a good enough class. Take two, man. You get after the quarterback, get young there. And uh, then you set yourself up not only to be better at the position in 2022, but now you have multiple options for starters in 2023, where right now it's just a, this is, it's this emoji guy right now for the Broncos starters at edge rusher um, after this season. If I had my preference, I would probably go free agency at right tackle. I need a little more experience there and I would probably invest draft picks into the, the edge positions, assuming mm-hmm. how the board falls and what I'm able to get. That would be my preference. I want an experienced offensive tackle sooner rather than later. And guys, if you're looking around over the cap or spot rack or anything like that, make sure you're looking at left tackles too, mm-hmm. because a lot of those guys in reserves, they play right tackle and left tackle, but they're misqualified. So I, I got, I got on chat, chat a little bit about for that when he shows that and he just shows right tackles. I'm like, most of those left tackles that are free agents are, are candidates to play right tackle as well. Uh, after the senior bowl, what do you think of Daniel Falele? Uh Mammoth of a man, Minnesota, 6'8". What was his official measurement? 6'8 and 8th. So he's over 6'8". Yep. 387 pounds with an 11-inch hand. <laughs> yeah. 11-inch hand. Think uh, 11-inch hand. Think aliens, you know. <laughs> those those things that get on your... Yeah, never mind. Yeah. That's kind of gross. I've, oh, I mean, I loved Alien growing up. This um, is one of my favorites. 86-inch wingspan, so 7'2 wingspan. Oh, right tackle for sure. Uh, I'd love to see him at 360 um, guard, possibly if he can if he can get low enough. I don't know if there if there's a big that's too big for offensive guard, but um, he's really good in one direction. He has a little bit of trouble changing directions, mm-hmm. so he can get an edge rusher. If an edge rusher tries to beat him outside, he can protect the outside because he's got the length and enough feet to to take care of that. But when that addresser gives him one of these, a head fake for those of y'all listening after and fakes outside and comes back inside, uh, he has a little bit of trouble changing directions on that. So 
it makes me a little hesitant to want to invest a high pick on him knowing that he's a little bit more limited there. But when he engages, it's over. It, yeah. It's it's over. Once he's got his hands on you, once you're engaged, he wins. Yep. And that's a nice trait to have. Yeah, he. you're definitely 100% right. The thing I was thinking was he gives up his inside shoulder way too often, doesn't have the change of direction ability. If he figures out how to... Um, and I'm sure a coach will come in and work on some technique with him. So that way he doesn't give up that inside as much. He's going to be very good. I do not think he is an outside zone fit at, at all. I think he's a gap guy, you know, let him get his hands on somebody and then drive block them, uh, versus climbing to a space. Uh, that's probably not his game and Minnesota. I hate to compliment them. Cause I really do not like, uh, their head coach whose name is, uh, his name is escaping me right now. He's got, he got that really bad, like used car salesman salesman vibe, you know, or just like that phony energy. It's like, oh, not for me. Um, but gosh, what's his name? Baldhead. Uh, anyway, I don't think Falele is a great fit for the Broncos in the outside zone scheme. Um, some people, oh, he's massive. Makai Becton. He does not move like Makai Becton. It's much more of Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, type of fit there, but he's still probably a year or two away from that. So fun player, still pretty raw. Um, and the other thing is Minnesota's tape. This is the point I was going to make. It's so hard to evaluate him because how much RPO, RPO game they use, he doesn't have very much like classic NFL drop back pass reps because the RPO, the edge defenders have to play more disciplined in their gap rather than pin their ears back. So the drop back pass game, not really featured from Minnesota. And you don't have many reps with Flaylay there. Uh, so a little bit of a concern there for me. He, because of the scheme fit, because of the questions with him, because he's probably a project, he's going to go earlier than I would be willing to take him. Um, but I'm pulling for him because the more freaky type of players and body types that we have in the NFL, the more fun it is. You know, I want to be able to hear, you know, the who's the team that could take him. Um, gap power scheme. I, I don't even know. Uh, he'll God, end up with the Ra- He's a he's a kind of guy with the physical measurements. He'll end up with the Ravens or the Steelers and be a star. I was going to say the Patriots. And people say, how does he yeah. fall that far? They always get guys like this and they always work out. Yep. Um, a name, another name that makes a lot of sense with uh, f- uh, fitting him up, Trent Brown, um, University of Florida, fell to the sixth round. Absolutely massive. Can he move? Well, he's massive and he's got length. And if you play him to his strengths, he can be a unique player. Um, so uh, maybe the Patriots as well. Um, one last question here. Will the Broncos re-sign Kenny Young? Uh, possibly. I think Kenny Young is probably based on um, – George Payton's discussions, not even mentioning him in the interview, I would say Kenny Young is the least likely guy to be signed. And I thought that was maybe a little bit of a disservice to uh, Kenny Young to not even mention him in that interview. But, uh, you know, we can glean some stuff from that. The fact that he wasn't even mentioned. So um, probably not. It it may have been an oversight, but Freud says there are no accidents or something along those lines. Yeah, Uh, I I really, really like Jonas Griffith. I really did. Uh, You know, he was... Big, he's fast, six foot four, two hundred. Well, he was about two sixty. I mean, he was big, mm-hmm. um, and showed all kinds of. So, uh, the I think his upside is his his curve is just going to go keep going up. So I'm uh I am I'm high on him. I like those those low draft guys with high upside like he is. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, we are, as uh, Peter Middleton said, we are eighty minutes in, but uh, having too much fun, too much to talk about. We didn't even talk about the. Uh, Peyton's quotes on the edge position or tight end, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, that's okay. Uh, we want to get out of here and we got things to do. So we appreciate the heck out of you guys. Make sure you're following uh, Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall, M-H-H. While you're over there, make sure you're following our Twitter accounts 
at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you guys are joining us on Facebook, appreciate everybody swinging by and dropping these stars. Does us a heck of a lot of good. I mean, honestly, with <laughs> I, I've said this before. You, some of you guys have heard this before, but when we first approached Chad about the morning show, we're like, we have no idea if there'll be any audience for this. Uh, it might just be Scott and I, you know, talking draft prospects amongst ourselves, you know, just, just a conference. <laughs> we're having a zoom meeting here talking football. Um, but uh, you guys have made this really, really enjoyable and a lot of eyeballs on it. I think it's probably one of the, it's not, it's not a huddle up podcast with, you know, the, whatever shows they have a day, uh, a week, but uh, we are, you know, we're skyrocket, baby. We're flying too big to fail at this point. So uh, appreciate you guys so much. Uh, make sure you're following us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as forward slash mile high huddle pod. Um, I've asked before, keep asking. Um, it's still my birthday month, so I'm going to keep leaning into it. And as Scott said, uh, we have a lot of after the fact listeners mm-hmm. go to iTunes, Spotify, wherever, leave a five-star rating and a review. Say Nick sent you say, I uh, love the shows, but Broncos for breakfast is my favorite. Or, you know, uh, we need less Nick on this channel. What the heck are we doing? That guy, way too much Iowa propaganda. Nobody cares, Nick. Shut up. Um, I'm fine with it. You know, give as long as as long as it comes with a five star rating. Um, I'm you know, shoot at me. I don't care. Um, it's uh also make sure you oh, this is a ticker now. Uh, make sure you subscribe, like, and share on YouTube as well. I don't know how this one changed. Fancy. Um, and yeah, very fancy. And also follow Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash c forward slash Scott Kennedy, where a lot of stuff's going on there. Check out all the senior bowl highlights, et cetera, et cetera. Not live yesterday, um, but we will be back on Wednesday, next Wednesday. And uh, next Monday, Scott, I know we teased it this last week, but then I did the quarterback review, one-man show, uh, haven't taken a breath in two years type of show. Um, next Monday, I think we should do a mock draft. Okay. Mock draft Mondays. Mock draft Mondays. All right. Yep. All right. I'm looking forward to, we're getting close to uh combine. We're getting close to pro days. Yeah. So, you know, we'll have a lot of reactions from that. I know, you know, as far as the senior bowl is, you know, Micah Parsons hit my radar in a hurry, him and Adafa Owe when the Penn state pro days came out. So we'll have all kinds of things. We have plenty to talk about without a doubt. Yeah. It's like you wonder, you know, we're almost 90 minutes in here, Nick, don't you have something else to do? I, if I could stay here and be paid to talk football, I would do a 10 hour show every day. I'm not even kidding. Um, I also want to give a shout out here. David Crum, uh, Cromello coming in here saying edge at nine is very much on the table and don't pretend otherwise for sure. Not pretending here, David. Um, it's definitely doubt. on the table that said, um, we'll get into this on mock draft Monday, I'm sure. But, uh, this class after Thibodeau and Hutchinson, I'm curious if the, the third tier is, just as good as the second tier talking David Ajabo, George Karloftis, Trevon Walker versus the likes of Sam Williams, Arnold Ebiketti, Jermaine uh, Johnson, Jermaine Johnson, uh, Boye Mafe. Like this is a yeah. f- fantastic. People edge keep saying this draft is down. I don't buy it. I don't it buy just it just because the top five yeah. isn't as good as the top five last year. I think the back 10 might be better. The second round might be better because of all those guys you have in the trenches. Yep. I'm not buying this. This is a down draft. I think this is a great draft to have a bunch of picks. I really do. It's a good class to have a lot of top 100 picks. I don't think that the top 10 picks hit as heavy this season. Yeah, um, which doesn't make it a down draft. You know, it, it might be, yeah. it might be, you might not have your five Hall of Famers in the top 10, but you know, when you're a team that needs a, a bunch of good players, you can really get better in this draft. That's a good draft to me. Yep. Absolutely. Well, uh, we'll see how it plays out. Um, 
Jeremy coming in with the love you guys have a great Super Bowl weekend. It's also Valentine's, Jeremy. If you're gonna be showing some love here, make send me a card. Um, no, okay. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We're gonna get on out of here. We'll see you again on Monday. Make sure you're hanging out tonight with uh, Chad and Zach at the Huddle Up podcast. You guys are great. Choose kindness. Enjoy Super Bowl weekend. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. We'll see you on Valentine's Day. And uh, go Broncos. Head on over to MileHighHuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.